Welcome to Oakleaf Partnerships Women in Leadership podcast. I am Amy Morris and today I am speaking to Mina Anand, CEO and founder of The Careers Company. Whilst you'll be listening to this on a different day, we are actually recording this on International Women's Day, so it has an extra special meaning. Mina spent over 20 years of her experience in the financial services sector, working for brands such as UBS, Barclays and Standard Chartered Bank. She now successfully runs her own organisation, The Careers Company, looking at driving careers forward, particularly for those in diverse groups, as well as a portfolio of NED appointments. Having lived in Singapore, Dubai, Malaysia, the US, many others, as well as the UK, <laughs> I'm really keen to hear how her experience has differed, if at all. Welcome, Mina, to the podcast. Thank you, Amy. It's amazing to be here, Great. especially on today. I know. What a day. <laughs> amazing. Snow, snow on a, in, a, on, in March. Who'd, who'd have thought it? Who'd have thought it, indeed, yeah. Um, so, as always, could you start by giving us a run-through of your journey so far? Yeah. So, I, mean, I think you pretty much summarised it. Um, yeah, uh, I am a career uh, HR director. Um, been really fortunate to live all over the world doing that. Loved it. Um, I pivoted career about two years ago, uh, very planned. Uh, so I actually told my team like nine months before I was actually going to leave. Oh wow! So really, yeah, really planned. Um, and it, I really set out to do two, uh, three things. One is um, finish a master's degree in career coaching, something that I started about 15 years ago, and then career took over. <laughs> um, start to kind of think about my board journey. Um, and hopefully kind of join a few non-exec uh, in a non-exec role and the third thing is actually to uh, actually buy or set up um, a coaching company wow. so I kind of think I think I've done two out of three so far I think you've got half a <laughs> you're getting there. you're getting there we started the journey um, thanks for that that's, that's great to hear from your side in terms of hurdles and challenges is what we're going to come on to next yeah. I suppose your career offers two sides one is moving from a HR corporate career into as you said a more portfolio career um, but also I'd be really eager to hear how that's changed as you've worked in different countries if at all obviously yeah so hurdles um, I think you know irrespective of what career I focus on whether it's HR whether it's what I'm doing now I think three big things really kind of come to mind. One is social mobility. Uh, so I was born to immigrant parents, first of four kids. Um, literally, um, I don't even think my parents had a bathroom of their own when I was born. Um, and so, like, just this, more, you know, all the things that you kind of you don't realise, and you think when you're looking back on it, you think, oh, damn, yeah, of course, that's why that didn't happen. <laughs> so just things like access to networks. Um, just uh, access to you know people experiences you just didn't have have that so I think that was the first settle particularly early on um, in my not not even in life basically um, identity okay strong focus all the way through my career so you know I start you know I'm Indian African and British so it's partly about cultural identity mm. but then it's also about you know the identities you assume throughout your career and the big thing for me is really as you transition career the actually moving to a different job um the financial stuff um you can kind of sort out yes. i mean yes it's hard but you get you get there the, char the hardest thing is actually the identity that you associate with a career 
So having spent like 30 years as an HR director, I found it really hard to kind of introduce myself as something other than an <laughs> HR director. <laughs> and in fact, I still, I, I, no, totally, totally. Um, and so the identity piece was just a massive deal for me. And actually in, in my work as a you know, career strategist, career coach, that's a big thing mm-hmm. I see, not just for diverse groups, but for everyone, just this whole identity that we assume as soon as we put on that kind of corporate suit or the, yeah. you know, walk into an office. And the third thing was education. Um, so had, you know, I was not a, um, an academic at all. You know, my, and it, actually we've got four, you know, there's four of us, and actually all three of the others, you know, so my siblings, amazingly academic. Oh, gosh. <laughs> and I'm so not. I'm the one that actually they'll call up to kind of say, yeah, you know, we need to kind of put some, some, some tiling on the, um, on the new kitchen. <laughs> you know, Mina, can you help us do that? That would be me. It would not be the one that's going to be like, how do I, how, you know, how do I start writing an essay or anything like that? Um, and so education was a big kind of drawback. And, it, you know, often when I was you know, growing up, I felt like a bit of a failure because especially I had these amazing people that I was surrounded with, hugely academic, very uh, focused, and there was me kind of literally just kind of getting by. I had to work really hard to get yeah. by. Yeah. And how did you overcome that? How did you yeah. pull yourself? Well, I, I think you realise um, that getting by is all right. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need it. You don't necessarily need to be a, a, a brilliant academic yeah. to be successful, um, whatever success actually looks like for you. Yeah. Um, and that's changed as well over time. Um, so I think you've just realised actually you put things into perspective mm-hmm. from an education perspective. For social mobility stuff, you know, the, the whole access, I mean, quite frankly, I, I embrace every single opportunity I've, given, I've been given. Mm-hmm. So when I was at school, I would be like the first person to put my hand up for the choir, but also the first person to, um, you know, like do like we had a windsurf. We, we, we there was like four or five people that would go windsurfing, okay. and so literally I put my hand up for a choir and for windsurfing at the same time. So just embracing, well, to try everything. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Because you just don't know where it would lead, no. and and the experience was yeah. really important to me. And the identity bit, I mean, I can't even say I've overcome that hurdle, to be honest. Yeah. I think that is a lifelong journey. Yeah. Um, and shaping, moulding uh, identity and what that means to you is something that um, there's a lot of kind of things along the way that helps you do that, in, 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 including like people that you, you kind of meet. Mm. There's so many people that I've met along the way that's helped me shape who I am today. Yes, of course. And we'll come on to influence and yeah, uh, yeah, people yeah, totally. that have inspired you later on. So when you left school or, yeah. or, or kind of finishing school, did you have this burning desire to be in a lead role and be oh, kind no. of the number one? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so bizarrely, I actually did a chemistry degree. Okay. So completely removed from, from HR. Um, but the, the funny thing was actually about four of the people I've worked for were all chemists. How funny. Uh, so it must be I, I don't know, maybe it's a process thing, I don't know, I don't know. Um, so no, it wasn't, it wasn't, HR was an obvious choice, but what was an obvious choice was actually working with the, um, with psychology. So whether it be, through counselling, psychotherapy, um, just that whole kind of connection to people. Mm. Um, I was so curious about what's going on 
uh, behind the facade sometimes. Okay. That's what that's what kind of really prompted me to kind of think about HR as a career. Yeah, that's the HR bit then. Yeah, <laughs> totally, <laughs> totally. But you know, never, never the kind of. Um, I know one of the questions you asked me it was really around the lead role. Mm. Um, like many people, I actually don't define career success as this kind of linear trajectory. No. You know, starting out in HR. I, I actually thought, I thought, well, look, you know, I just want to enjoy the job that I'm doing. Mm. Um, and so for me, it's about, uh, you know, career is about creating set of experiences. So it's actually kind of think, oh, yeah, that'd be really cool to, you know, go and work in Singapore. It'd be really cool to manage a team. It'd be really cool to, you know, manage, look at talent management. Um, and so it was really just these whole set of experiences that I was really interested in yeah. rather than the label that yes. came with it. And do you think that's true throughout your whole career or were there times where actually you were chasing the next job or do you genuinely just think it was just almost you as a child at school going, yeah. I want to, I just want to be exposed to more and more experience? Yeah, I mean, certainly um, the experience has shaped mm. what I wanted to do. But yeah, definitely there was times early on in your in my career where I kind of thought, oh, I just want to be, I just want to get to becoming a director. I just want to be, get, I just want to be managing a team. And so I think definitely early on, yeah. um, I think up until about maybe 35 or so, yeah, it was very much focused on, yes, the experience, but then actually what's the kind of next kind of linear step? Mm. Yeah. Okay. And so as you've been going through that, you've lived all over the world, yeah. you've been... Um, it had some phenomenal um, experiences in terms of the roles that you've held and delivered in. How have you been able to manage that all in terms of home life and work life? Yeah, so um, I I think the one number one thing that people kind of um, put out there is is kids. Yeah. I don't have children, and so that made it easier, mm-hmm. but also made it more difficult because um, I was going through quite a lot of. Um, Oh, so I was planning to have kids, so I went through about five or six rounds of IVF at the time. Okay. And so that was a struggle for me, actually. Not so much the, the juggling with kids, but actually going through IVF. You, you almost have to kind of, for, for literally about four, four years, um, every kind of six months, I was going into uh, the hospital for daily injections and stuff like that. So that was the hard bit to manage. But then I, I think the way you got around it is actually have just having phenomenal bosses and being very open about what you know why you're doing what you're doing yeah and actually saying to them in terms of you know career progression just going to say look you know what uh, you know like uh, in uh, I was at Standard Chartered at the time and every time uh, at the bank um, they would be asking you so what do you want to do next you know what do you want to do next where do you want to be and I'm kind of thinking you know what I'm going through this right now Actually, I'm quite happy to just stay London, in London for now. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Keep like, me in one location. Yeah, please. yeah, totally, totally. So this whole thing about managing was really... That, that particular part of the journey was really difficult yeah. at the time. Um, and, uh, and then I also have kind of extended um, family that lives with us from time to time. So my you know, father-in-law lived with us. My mum lives with us from time to time. And so juggling that has been tough. Um, and then, uh, then I think just the long hours, you know, yeah. some, especially early on in your career, just mm. putting in those hours. Yeah. Um, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily su- yeah, suggest that as the best way to go <laughs> about doing it, but, you know, that was, that was what was expected at the time, I think. Yeah, yeah. And, and 
just going back to that period where you were having IVF and you were trying to manage all yeah. that, you felt completely comfortable speaking to your managers about that? You never had any negativity or worry about that? My immediate manager, no problem at all. But I think what had helped is um, I had been kind of um, with the bank, so with the organisation for a good kind of five or six years before that. So I kind of built up a bit of kind of credibility um, and uh, we're very flexible at that point say we <laughs> they were very <laughs> flexible yeah exactly totally um, very flexible at the time um, I think what the struggle was was when you started telling other people okay you know so my immediate manager absolutely no problem but actually then outside of people outside and so where so you know, when people start asking, so where is Mina? You know, why has Mina turned up at like ten thirty? And it's like you know, mm. in the middle, or turned up in the middle of the day. And um, that was a more difficult bit. How much you reveal about what was going on? Yeah, and how comfortable you feel. Absolutely, that, I would imagine. Yeah, totally. But, but how amazing that you were having career conversations during that time period, and at no point did that stop, as it should be. By totally. the way, totally. But but, is there any advice that you could offer? anyone who's maybe in a situation that doesn't feel comfortable to to say something to their manager on that fertility journey because it's just a big yeah it's a big big area totally totally <laughs> it may not be your manager that's actually playing that role for you for me in my case it was very clearly even though he was very you know a, a, a male that was probably like 20 years older than me okay. um but i think find somebody in the organization that can play that role for you mm. it doesn't have to be your manager um it could be a friend um that you spend you know that you, you can find in it could be a mentor um that you spend time with a sponsor um but just find somebody in the organization if, if there is anyone in the organization perhaps think about whether that's the right organisation for you, yeah. quite, quite frankly. Good yeah. point, good point. <laughs> <laughs> so this leads quite nicely into using your voice and, yeah. and more importantly, developing your voice. Yeah. Um, how have you both found and developed your authentic voice yeah. for your career? It was, it was, it was, I was thinking about the question, actually, and I was thinking, that's a really interesting question. I don't know, I haven't even, I haven't even thought about that <laughs> as, a, as a voice, but certainly in terms of... Um, confidence and actually confidence being able to articulate ideas and what I want to be saying rather than what I should have been uh, mm -hmm. saying um, that has definitely come through experience you know actually for me working in different countries so understand you know recognizing that actually I can work successfully in Singapore and I can also work successfully um, in Paris mm. not you know and, and actually in, and converse in French in in Paris as well and so I think it's just the the kind of the experiences and um, you kind of think well I coped yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and not only coped I probably, you know, probably did okay um, so I think and especially that was important because the as I said the academic bit wasn't you know, a lot of people rely on, well, I went to Oxford or I went, that, that wasn't for me. Mm. And so the experiences for me and actually saying, well, and the situations I put myself in, um, that I felt uncomfortable in to start off with, but then I, you know, developed this comfort around it. I think actually recognizing that I can do, I can do hard things. Yeah. And that really helped kind of shape um, the, some of the things I took on, the situations I put myself in. Um, when speaking up in a boardroom, 
mm. you know all of that kind of stuff so yeah finding in terms of what I want to say is right now it's very much focused around um, time and time again in my career I've seen as an HR director I've seen so many people just not achieving their potential and that was a big you know, I, I was always the one that was kind of the cheerleader pushing them on you know putting them in difficult d- different situations challenging them um, and that's what I want to really develop my voice around is you know how do we support individuals that just need that little nudge sometimes and organizations you know you know challenge HR leaders right now and say you know what, what are you doing yeah. to create the room for these conversations. And what do you think organisations should be doing? What kind of practical things can, can businesses and HR teams be doing to create those yeah. rooms? Those I mean, quite frankly, if, if it's just one thing, it's actually embracing career conversations. Yeah. And it, I, I know that well, that's tough to do because... You know, you don't have, you know, so I can give you a list of things that line managers tell me around why that doesn't happen. But that simple thing about connecting and being able to have that conversation, being able to be open with people around what you really want, mm. you know, that, that, that's the hardest bit around careers is just being open and, and telling people what you want to do. Now, finding, understanding what you want to do is tough to do, but then having that conversation with people is is equally as hard so that would be my one number one thing create room for conversations mm. in your organization and just to flip it on its head so I think this is a really interesting point um what's the one thing that you would give advice to well one piece of advice or you would give to the individual around how do they get the most out of their career and how do they think about what they want out of it yeah um i think spend some time thinking about what you really want be super super clear because not only will be that that clarity give you confidence in terms of reaching out to different people but it also will make you think about okay so if that's what I really want this kind of self-awareness understanding where you are today um, what skills you might need and you'll be just more um, you know you're just more confident in kind of going going for it because you know what what they what you're kind of working towards so I think the clarity piece and that clarity will come from all sorts of areas. It could be about conversations you have with people. It could be doing a bit of um, self-assessment, you know, Myers-Briggs, whatever, personality assessment, whatever it ends up being. But just be, you know, trying to get some clarity. And, and you don't have to have clarity for like the next 20 years. Because <laughs> you know? that's the other thing a lot of people say to me is, oh, but you know, 20 years from now, who knows what the life, what life is going to be like? Well, I think, okay, well, let's not, let's not, let's kind of break it down a bit. Like, what does the next kind of, you know, 18 months look like? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Baby steps. Baby steps. <laughs> um, so we have touched on this a little bit, yeah. but just to bring it back, who has inspired you? Who's influenced you? Who are all these wonderful people that have yeah, uh, kind of totally. helped you be who you are today? Um, I've been super fortunate to have lots of people along the way. Um, and so it was my first ever line manager, for example, I, who I still keep in touch with. He's, you know, in his mid-70s now. <laughs> and, you know, he was like uh, just phenomenal at uh, just putting yourself, putting you forward. Um, and so Bob, his name is Bob Timms. Shout out to him. <laughs> just phenomenal guy. Um, but then also, you know, people like um, my mum's like super... Um, 
you know, I, I, I kind of wrote a LinkedIn post about my, my mom this morning and it's, she's one of those people that is just amazingly resilient. You know, like there's nothing that phases her. <laughs> yeah, you could tell she's her really. Four kids. <laughs> <laughs> she, yeah, she four core kids, ran two businesses, and you just think, you know, nothing phases her, and that that whole resilience really comes from her. Um, but there are also uh, more recently, um, I run the careers company with two friends uh, who I've known both of them for twenty years, and I mean they are so different for me. Um, but along the way, along the last 20 years, they, they're the ones that I kind of have reached out to and said, oh, what do you reckon about this? So there's different people that you need. So you need, you know, like your mom is your, my mom is my kind of nerve giver. But then you people who'd open doors for you. So Bob was an amazing person that would kind of say, well, you know, just go and talk to this person or let me set up this conversation for you. Um, so you, yeah, and, and then also people that you need to, yeah, that help you develop. Yeah. Yeah. So there's, you know, a ton of pretty much every single line manager bar one has um, really pushed me in terms of developing, you know, made my HR skill set, my leadership uh, skill set, pushing me into kind of, you know, thinking about working in a different country, you know, all sorts of things. So yeah. that's amazing that you've had those yeah. people. Been fortunate, so fortunate. Do you think it is all fortunate, or do you think you're very good at picking who you want to work for and putting yourself in the right place? Well, it goes back to the opportunity piece, doesn't it? <laughs> it's embracing every opportunity that I'm given. And, and that is definitely what, one thing I definitely do. Um, because you just never know where it might lead yeah. to. So, yeah, maybe it, yeah, it's partly about putting myself out there and putting myself into potentially uncomfortable positions sometimes. But it's definitely about a little bit of a happenstance. So this, there's this uh, research phenomenon called planned happenstance. Okay. Um, and that's basically, you know, talks about the fact, yeah, you, you can get lucky, but actually putting yourself into that situation just increases your luck, right? So Yeah, you've got to have a lottery ticket to win the lottery, right? Totally. Yeah. Totally. You still need a lot of luck. But totally. <laughs> totally. Totally. <laughs> a ticket totally. helps. Totally. Um, so if you could give your younger self a piece of advice, what would it be? Yeah. So um, definitely um, education's not all it's cracked up to be. Um, would you go to uni? If you were to do it again? You know what, I'd have pro- I would have done an apprenticeship. Okay, yeah. I would have done an apprenticeship. So there's a, I, I sit on a uh, chair of a local school board and my youngest governor on the, the school board is 19. Amazing. I know, right? How amazing is that? Talk about, talk about start- out to you. Talk about, <laughs> your, I know, talk about starting up your non-exec career <laughs> at 19. Amazing. But, um, so he, he's, a, he's an ex-pupil at the school. Um, he is doing an apprenticeship with UBS um, and also is doing his degree at the same time. Oh my gosh. Fabulous. That, that's what I would have, that would have been far better for me rather than going through a four year chemistry degree that actually I probably don't even know the, you know, I couldn't even recite the periodic table to you right now. So. <laughs> There's definitely a few of them got dust. Yeah, 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 I know, I know, I know. I think the second thing is trust your instinct, right? You know, it's, um, and I, that whole thing around putting yourself in difficult situations and overcoming them yeah. actually just builds out your you builds up your instinct yeah. as well to kind of say, well, like, yeah, I coped. I coped with you know moving to a different country. I coped with you know taking on a big leadership role. I coped with IVF treatment. Yeah, you know. yeah, definitely. It kind of gives you a a piece of armor to wear when yeah. you're in a different exactly. situation. Again. Yeah, totally. 
So we're going to flip it a little bit on yeah, its Go, go for it. What, what would your 16-year-old self say to you now? Yeah. Well, um, I was a very skinny, shy little Indian girl at <laughs> 16. Uh, what would she say to me? Well, what would she say to me or what would I say to her? What would she say to you? What would she say to me? Um, she would say to me, um, don't, don't worry too much about the academics. Um, pretty much what I've done, embrace opportunity and do, do it even, even more. Yeah. Um, trust and believe in yourself. Amazing. What an uh, um, inspiring 16-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, thank you so much, Mina. As always, it was, it was lovely to catch up and, and hear your career and your story. And I hope everybody out there is um, in agreement that it's, that it's lovely to hear how you've got to where you've got to and um, the learns that you've created along the way. Oh, thank you. Along the way. Anybody who's interested in speaking to Mina around more around the careers, the careers company is a, a fantastic setup um, and an organisation that, that Mina runs. And I think putting the career conversation on the map is probably the one learn, really. Yeah, absolutely. Brilliant. Absolutely. Thank you so much again. Thank you. Thank you, Amy.